Hello there, welcome to the Supercast introduction. I think you've started that very same way at least one time before. Yeah, except the other one wasn't that good. Oh. I mean, like, the other one was better. I take that back. That this one, one wasn't. wasn't as good as the last one. Okay. Well, maybe you can try again next time. Yeah, maybe. Uh, today we're going to talk about... Uh, well, we're going to talk a lot about PlayStation VR. I'm going to talk a lot about PlayStation VR. I feel like I talked a lot on this cast. That's okay. Yeah, that's okay. It doesn't have to be totally yeah, equal every you time. You need to shut up every once in a while. I know. I do. I don't mind. Yeah. You had good things to say. Yeah. You got a lot out of me today. <laughs> so we, we did VR. We did... Um, what else? Star Wars. Star Talked Wars. about Star Wars. Um, we talk a little bit about... A new direct, a little bit of a new direction for Super Fanatics. Mm-hmm. Um, the current direction of Super Scary. The current direction of Super Scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was really kind of a, kind of a. Oh, we talk about reboot too. Yeah, for, for a minute. Yeah, for a minute we talk about reboot. This is good. Yeah, it's good. It's good show. We're gonna reveal. Um, what we're going to be reviewing on this week's episode of Super Fanatics. On Super Fanatics, yeah. yeah. Super Scary is a mystery this week. Yeah. Ch- head over to our Instagram, where we are, at Super Divorce Band. Check out uh, the most recent post and see if you can guess what we'll be watching and reviewing on Super Scary this Saturday. And speaking of Instagram, that's one way that uh, you can follow us. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Super Divorce, Snapchat Super Divorce, and uh, Facebook.com slash Super Divorce. Of course, uh, you can also keep up with all of our programs that we're releasing every week by heading on over to SuperDivorceMe.com, and there, Bender always likes to say that it is your one-stop shop for the Super Divorce Superverse. That's right. And uh, when you're checking out any of our shows, make sure that you actually visit our page on YouTube and subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way you will be alerted whenever we have a new episode, and um, we can also get our custom URL when we reach 100 subscribers. We're up to 15 now. Woo! Yeah. 15 subscribers. So we're we're thankful for each one. I told Tom at Nostalgia Inc., to that we had a comic show and he instantly got on the computer and subscribed oh cool because he said all he does all day is sit around and watch youtube videos well be like tom yeah and instantly subscribe to us do that go and do it right now and um also whatever you want to do as far as uh uh getting in touch you know drop us a line tell us what you like about our shows what you hate Tell us about what's going on in your personal life. If you need advice, um, we might not give you good advice, but we'll give you advice nonetheless. It'll be advice. Yeah. So um, there's the disclaimer that you shouldn't necessarily follow any of the advice we give you. Yeah, but I think we're good people. We'll do our best. Yeah. But we're not doctors and uh, we're not uh, I can't diagnose your rash. I'm sorry. Yeah. You can send pictures of it. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, get in touch with us at Divorce Club at superdivorceme.com. That's, That's our, our email. email. And you know what? 
I'm not embarrassed about this. Yeah. It is what it is. Yeah. We still haven't received one email to that uh, to that email address. So you could be the first. You know, get in touch. Don't be afraid. Um, I know that you can comment on Facebook and you can comment on Instagram and you can you can you know message us at Super Divorce on Twitter. But for a more personal approach, for a response just to you for your eyes only. Email us. Yeah. Yep. And we'll we'll hit you back. And Fun right show. now, we're about to hit y'all with a brand new episode of the Supercast. Yep. Yep. So uh, enjoy the show. Dig it. We are not getting a divorce. We are not getting a divorce. The Super Divorce Supercast, episode number 32. Yeah, 32. I'm Nicholas Villars. I'm Bender. And um, we're here on a beautiful, beautiful fall day in Ohio. Yeah. A Monday, a Monday evening, early evening in, uh, in October in Ohio. Say what you will about the Midwest, but I love the autumn here in Ohio. It yes. Yeah. It is lovely. I, um... I hate winter with like a burning passion, but I don't, I think fall is worth sticking around, Yeah, you know, in, in this area instead of like trying to move to a moderate climate. Like, well, here we are. It's, uh, we're over halfway through October now. Yeah, we are. And, uh, we still have, I'm looking out the window here and you're getting just a little bit of gold and red, but it's still mostly green right now. Mm-hmm. So yeah. and it's and it's still pretty warm. It is. It's nice. I have not had to wear a jacket yet. I haven't had to, but I've forced myself to because yeah. I love like the first hint that it's slightly chilly out, I'll put a hoodie on her jacket. I've worn a hoodie, yeah, but yeah. I have that I have that like eighties members only jacket, oh, yeah. you know? And I've been wanting to wear it so bad, but it's yeah. not been like <laughs> chilly enough to wear it yet, and I'm kinda of buttered about it. Yeah. Well, soon enough. I, I would guess probably another week or two. Yeah. And you'll be there. Oh, definitely, definitely. I'm excited. I can't wait to wear it. I, like, just want to wear it out. <laughs> oh, um, beer me. Yeah. We're drinking... We're drinking Magic Hack Vamplifier Happy Red... Hoppy. Hoppy Red Ale. Nick had to stand up in the middle of his sentence because his wife was calling him on his cell phone. Yeah, she's traveling back to uh, the state here. Oh, is she? Yeah. Oh, cool. Cool. California. California. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, what are we... What are we the, doing? Yeah, Vamplifier. The, yeah, Magic Hat Vamplifier. We looked at this last week, didn't we? And said Probably. We do it Probably. Week. I, that's why I got it. Yeah. I thought that was... Well, I mean, it's a Halloween beer, yeah. so it's totally... Um, it kind of reminds me of Sierra Nevada a little bit. Yeah, I um, am definitely not a fan of hoppy beers. Um, I don't hate it, but it's not something that I would like definitely buy a six pack of. You know, yeah, I'm it's with like you. it's good for the cast. Yeah, but I'm, uh, I'll I'll be honest and say I'm not really a fan. Yeah, it's it's a little hot. Well, it's quite a bit hoppier than I prefer. 
Yeah, I prefer darker, heavier lager. Mm, both of those. Maltier. Mm -hmm. This is uh, it's it's fairly hoppy. So if you like hoppy beers, um, I would say it's, you're probably going to enjoy it. Probably. Yeah, I can I can definitely see you know anybody that enjoys hops is going to enjoy this beer. I'm not one of those people, but it is not insufferable. I will finish this bottle. Yeah. So not not bad. And you know what? I think it's fine to have a dud every now and then. Yeah. It's almost like you need to. It's kind of like sometimes on Super Scary, I intentionally want to review a bad movie. Oh, yeah, because or, those can be great. Yeah, it can be fun. Or, you know, I even want to review sometime a movie where we're both just kind of like, it. nothing happened. It was boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, this movie's stupid. You know what I mean? Because, well, that'll make the editing easy for me. <laughs> because... Those exist. You can't just, like, love everything all the time, you know? That's right. But I'm, to I, you know, I'm also excited that we haven't hit a movie like that yet. Neither the comet almost got there, but, you know, I think upon a second viewing, I'd probably like it more. Well, it's I think it's fun what we're doing to uh, introduce people to things that we actually want them to watch true you yeah. know that's 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 so that's, a, that's, that's a good thing about it because you've got a lot of people out there who they'll post videos of themselves just trashing something for 10 15 20 minutes yeah breaking down every single thing and telling you why it's horrible mm -hmm. and it's not as sometimes it's not as easy to talk about the things that you like you know mm -hmm. so <sighs> well i just want to before we get too far away from it, let's talk about PlayStation VR. Let's do it. Now, so you just tried it for the first time I about did. an hour ago. Maybe, maybe less than that. Yeah, yeah, probably less than that. We had a big discussion about Stranger Things. Maybe we'll get into it later, but yeah. for now, VR. Yeah, I just tried it for the first time ever. And... Uh, I have to say, it's a game changer. It is. I'm so glad to hear you say that because there are so many reviews out there where people just seem so put off by it. Yeah. Or unimpressed. People and are... I don't understand how you could possibly be a fan of gaming and try that thing for the first time and not be just blown away. People are... So ready to disregard it as uh, another fad, like yeah. the PlayStation Move or the Xbox Connect, or uh, I mean, even you could even say like Guitar Hero and Home Dance Dance Revolution pads. I mean, any sort of gaming peripheral that's not your traditional controller, you know, they they do. They all have a track record of sort of just being duds, you know, for the most part, you yeah. know. Uh, they, they don't get a lot of use. I just, after playing this and, uh, you know, seeing the, you can, you can see the potential just playing it. Oh, I yeah. mean, it's already, it's already up there. They just need to, you know, just clean it up here and there, but it's incredible. And my hope, uh, is that this system gets the support from all developers that it deserves because if all the developers or you know most of the developers some of the big ones 
get behind this peripheral and try to push the boundaries, we're looking at the next great thing, the next evolution in gaming. Yeah. I mean, hands Absolutely. down. It's VR is not going anywhere. No. This is the beginning. Yeah. Well, and I know that the um, what was it called the the Vive or Vive? I don't know how it's pronounced. I've not heard anyone say it. I've only read it. But what the, is it? It's a headset that was released earlier this year for PC. Uh huh. Um, that is along it with the Oculus. Yeah. I think that's the Vive. Is it Vive? I think so. Okay. That seems is it too a Samsung obvious. thing? Um, I think so. Samsung Vive. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's that and the Oculus. Right. And now this. I've not tried either one of the PC um, headsets, rigs, rigs, whatever you want to call them. But, yeah, I guess all three of them combined, this little phase that's going on right now is the beginning of, as you said, the next evolution in gaming. Because from the moment you you see that uh, the sort of introduction screen on the basic-ass game, PlayStation VR Worlds... You know, as soon as that comes on and you're looking around and you have that sensation of being in another world, it's just incredible. I, I, you have to be so jaded and such an asshole to not just be wowed and feel like a little kid. Yeah. In wonder. Yeah. When you first experience that, you know, and then things like, you know, I'm sure that you experienced when you're playing the London heist which is part of the PlayStation VR Worlds, you know, you're playing with uh, two motion controllers, and each one controls one of your hands. Yeah. And so intuitive. It really, like, you know, if you've ever seen a video online of, like, somebody trying to play VR, and it's just glitching all to hell, this was not that. This was not a broken, bug-ridden, you know shoddy experience this was i had two move controllers in my hands and when let's say the tutorial for example of london heist uh as soon as you know it it boots up and you can see your hands covered and then you're wearing gloves and it tells you to pick up the can on the table and then put the can in the tray to your left and I mean, as soon as you reach out and you pull that trigger on the move controller, that can is in your hand. Mm -hmm. And you can look at it, you can move it, you can look at the bottom of it. I mean, and then as soon as you let go of that trigger, you know, you reach, physically reach your arm across your body, let go of that trigger, and drops it right into the tray. And then even after that, you know, you open a drawer, which... Again, you reach forward, you pull the trigger, and you pull your arm back, and the drawer slides right open. I mean, <laughs> it's insane, and inside is a gun, and you reach in the drawer, you pick up this gun, you pick up an ammo cartridge, and you have to make the motions, and you slide it into the gun, and then you fire on a target. And, and it feels good to do. Yeah. It works it, incredibly well. There's no... I, there is one particular video online of somebody playing, like, a shooting range VR thing, and they can't, like, for the life of them, get the ammo to go in the gun, and it, like, keeps falling out, and it's just, like, shoddy as hell. This, 
this London Heist on VR Worlds, you tilt the gun, hold, put that ammo up to it, and it slides right in, and the gun cocks, and it's like, it is, it's a great feeling. Yeah. Like, you know, it sounds violent and whatever, mm-hmm. but to do that in a video game yourself with physical motions and to watch it happen and then be able to pull the trigger and fire this gun on the target there's a satisfaction that comes from it because part of you is expecting it not to work exactly because you've heard so many stories and you've seen videos like the one you mentioned where it's like okay this is this is going to feel clunky yeah it's not going to be be very smooth you know but it, it is smooth it is and so then every time you you go through a clip you look forward to grabbing the I next did, one and, there's and a, reloading it. Yeah, the uh, the car chase in London Heist when you're given an Uzi and there's just like a buttload of ammo in the bag next to you. Uh, it was... I was almost more excited <laughs> when the ammo clip fell to reach into the bag and grab another clip than I was to actually fire the gun right. on the motorcycle people. I mean... It's in the heat of the moment, you know, there's all this stuff going on. You're having to look left and right because you've got people coming up on either side of your car, you know. So you have to turn your head. You have to keep be aware of where your enemies are. I don't think you did it when you were playing, um, but you can actually open the door all the way. Really? And, like, lean out and look back. So you're, like, outside of the car. Oh, my God. And, uh... But no, you, you, I, and some of the cut scene, well, not cut scenes, but where people are talking to you, you handled a little more maturely than I did. Really? Because there were, there were many times where like, well, when I was, uh, when you first start riding with the dude, you know, in, in the car chase scene, I was like reaching over and caressing his face. <laughs> 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 and the, the dude in the, uh, in the bar when he's giving you the the rundown, you know, about getting the diamond back and whatnot, um, and he leans over to have you light his cigar, I was, like, trying to set it set his hand on fire. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't work, but it was just, it yeah. was amusing to me. I was seeing, like, all the silly shit I could do as I, because I went through it, like, two times, but, yeah, it was, you know, the scene where you're, where you're in the, uh, the library, I guess, and you're trying to unlock the clock, I guess, right, right. where the diamond is. You know, there's a box of cigars to your left. And, like, before the guys came in and started shooting, I was just like, hmm. And, I like, reached over and, like, took all the cigars out and, like, opened one of the cabinets and just started throwing them in. <laughs> I was just, just hide them in here. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was fun to see how you can fuck around with this world that you're in where, you know, there are consequences in the, in yeah. the game world, but really, you can do whatever you want to and just see what works and what doesn't. It's like being a little kid. It's almost like, you know, I guess how a baby would feel going into a brand new world and, and just fucking with shit and yeah. seeing what works, what you can do, what you can't it's, do. and It's so crazy. I mean... You know, obviously, the the action sequences are a little glitchy. You know, the your 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 like frame, your whole frame will kind of shift closer towards you and back yeah. at you. You know, with all this, with everything going on, because you're moving your head quickly and 
I think that might have had something to do with the space we're playing into. Uh huh. Because you're, I, I believe you're supposed to be about six feet away. Ah. Uh. I backed up pretty much right to the uh, as far back as I could go, and I think you're standing a little closer when you were playing. Yeah, so well, it's probably like two feet closer than that. Yeah, it might have had something to do with that. And uh, yeah, but you know, I mean, even still, like, it it wasn't the worst thing ever. You no, know? it still worked most of the time. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, I, I, I think the coolest part is, you know, in this London heist, there's some dialogue in moments, you know, and part of this dialogue is you're tied in a chair and, you know, you're being interrogated or whatever. And, uh, the interrogator gets a self, gets a phone call and he says, you know, that he wants to talk to you. And so he holds the phone out, and mind you, when you have the VR headset on, you're also wearing headphones. Um, at least I was wearing headphones. I don't know if that's a requirement. You don't have to. You could have heard the sound on the TV, but I feel like it's much more immersive if you had yeah. headphones on. So I so I was wearing headphones as well as the uh, VR headset, and the phone rings, you know, and he answers it and then says he wants to talk to you and he holds the phone out. Well, you know, your hands are free, so you go and you pick out the phone and you, I, like, looked at it for a second and then brought the controller, you know, physically to my ear <laughs> and the phone comes to your ear and you can only hear the dialogue out of your right ear mm-hmm. in the headphones. It was, <laughs> like... It was mind blowing, absolutely mind blowing. I, I like it. Just brings a smile to your face to know that like this could be, should be where gaming is headed. Mm-hmm. I mean, I want this. I really, truly want this uh, peripheral to get as much support as a, a regular console gets. Yeah, because this is worth investing in. Well, I think that. It's telling that you've got the one bonus um, mission, I guess, that you talked about with Tomb Raider that they've made mm-hmm. compatible. Yeah, and the then new, the new uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider 20th Celebration on PlayStation 4 that finally just came out. Um, when I was picking it up, the the gentleman that I was purchasing it from told me that uh, the whole there's a whole Croft Manor level that I be, I want to say was DLC for the uh, Xbox One version but in the PS4 version it's fully compatible with PlayStation VR so you've got one huge franchise that's yeah. already kind of dipping the toes in yeah. feeling it out the next Resident Evil is going to be fully compatible with the PlayStation VR yeah. you know you've got Hideo Kojima possibly talking about making Death Stranding be fully VR and there's so, already a Batman Arkham VR game. Yeah. I mean, so you've got big names attaching themselves to it right away. Yeah. Because I think people who have tried it out beforehand who are sort of in the mindset of seeing where it can go have to be excited about it. Yeah. And have to be looking forward to all the great things that can be done with it and there's how cool it's going to be. There's a there's a Star Wars, the Battlefront uh, Rogue One missions 
is going to be a VR game. And I just, I can't even, there's literally no words to describe how excited I am for that. Because you will feel like you're there. After playing London Heist, and you know, that's the only thing I've done on VR so far. And maybe, you know, after the cast we can do a little more or something. But after playing just this one 45 minute segment, 30 minute segment or whatever... There, there are there are no words to to describe how excited I am for a, a X wing piloting mission, even if it's just like one fucking mission in VR. Just the idea of being able to look in a three hundred and sixty degree view and see nothing but Star Wars. It it's just. Or imagine it's heartwarming. wielding a lightsaber. I, I can't even. The responsiveness of it. I mean, this that's... because yeah, holding the PlayStation Move controller and then picking up objects, it is like seamless. Seamless. Yes, perfect word. It is completely seamless. If you turn your wrist, that object turns. If you turn it to look at the front of it, it turns. I mean, if you turn it upside down, it turns upside down. It is absolutely seamless with your movements. So, holding a lightsaber and swinging it at somebody would just be... It, it's This is like what dreams are made of. And I one thing that I can imagine coming out that they're probably working on already would be a modern-day power glove where instead of the, the move controller, the yeah. next step forward is probably going to be having... A sensor, uh-huh. kind of like the light sensor on the end of the move controller, but at each fingertip. Yeah. So then you would have like your full hand in front of you. I mean, and I, that's probably something that will come out I hope during so. this, the life cycle of the PlayStation VR. Yeah. I can see that being something that, you know, happens in the next two or three years. I think so. I think that would be incredible. I mean,. Like I said, I've said it already before on this cast, but I just hope that this gets so much support because if it gets the support that it deserves, it is going to be the next step. It's going to be the next evolution. It's going to be the next big thing in gaming. I, I, I just... I'm mind blown. Like, I'm butthurt that I didn't pre-order it. You know, I was skeptical like everybody else. I was too. I, it, was, it was really... And that's how much stock I put in the guy's opinion. But seeing that Hideo Kojima was excited about it and was like over the moon on the VR, I was like, okay, well, there's got to be something to it then because yeah. he's not going to come out and and get behind something that's anything less than stellar. And it is. It's it's amazing. So you know, if you if you happen upon one, I would pick it up. And the reason I went out and got it on uh, the release night was because I started thinking about it and was like, okay, well, if it does well, because I I started calling around to various places called Best Buy, uh, Walmart, Meijer, all these places around, and um, everyone was like, yeah, we we might get like one or two extra that weren't pre-ordered but we've had a million people calling about them. So if you want to try and come and get one, you can go for it, but you probably won't get it. 
right. if you didn't pre-order it. And so it was like, well, okay, Meyer and Middletown said that they, they're going to have like two extra. And that seemed like a, a good shot because I couldn't imagine many people in, in Middletown going to the Meyer at midnight to pick up the PlayStation VR. And there, there was no one else there. I went there three hours early and, and stood uh, at one of the registers that they told me to go to, and at midnight, they rolled their little cart up, and there were like two of them, and they gave me one, and there was one left, and it was like, that's probably the only one that they will have from now until like Christmas. Probably. So, I didn't, I didn't want to deal with that, I didn't want to deal with trying to track one of those down during the holiday season. Yeah. I did that with the original Wii when it came out, and it was a nightmare. Everybody did. Yeah. I did it. I did, too. Well, my, my grandma did it for me at the time, but still, I, you know, somebody in the family was, like, fucking breaking their ass trying yeah. to... Oddly enough, she got... She ended up getting it at the Middletown Meyer as well. Oh, did she? Yeah, that's funny. Well, there you go. Maybe, uh... Maybe we're breaking the news that Middletown Meyer is the place to be. That one might be there still. It so. very well could be. Give it a shot if you're looking. I went to, uh, I was at Target earlier today, and just out of curiosity, I stopped by their, their game section, and not only did they not have any VR uh, units, but like all of the games were completely gone too. So, you I, know, that's another thing, just to mention real quick, uh, you said earlier the VR games, you know, this is... Really, you have to take into account this is the infancy of this technology and especially this peripheral and everything. So, But it's cool because all of the games are only about $20. You're not spending $300 on this headset and then having to turn around and spend $60 on a game. You know, Now, that means that a lot of these games are... They're kind of short and they're, yeah. they're sort of basic. You know, I mean, the, the Until Dawn... Rush of Blood game is just a House of the Dead rail shooter, which I have problems with on its own. But, yeah. you know, that's kind of like your typical fare. Uh, everything's sort of minigame style at this point. But I, but with, you know, the idea of Resident Evil being VR and Death Stranding maybe be, being VR, I don't think it's going to last for long. But I think right now it's just nice... That you don't, that again, you don't have to just turn around and spend a buttload of money on games. It's can, a cool way to to sort of ease into it. Yeah, and be able to experience it a lot without having to just like buy one game and then play the same thing over and over and over because you can't find the game you want or you can't afford the game you want. So I, it's it's cool. It makes me want to buy one really bad. And if you have such a good time with these titles that are coming out right now, these sort of introduction titles, imagine, imagine what it's going to be like a few years from now once they've really figured out how to do it yeah. and do it well. Not yeah. that this isn't done well, but to improve upon it and to, to sort of grow and push the boundaries of what you can do yeah. with this technology. I mean, this, you've got already, and it's nice, already you've got graphics that are on par if not a little bit better than 360 mm -hmm. you know yeah so if that's you know if that's a concern of yours like fear not it's only going to get better and it's already pretty good and another thing that you didn't get to try this out yet 
um, you can play any of the regular PlayStation 4 titles with your headset on. Mm. They don't appear like surrounding you, but you get almost the feeling of being in a theater and there's a huge screen projected in front of you. Uh-huh. And that's really cool too. I was playing the new WWE game the other night in that mode where I just had the headset on and the uh, the resolution's not as good as like your HDTV, but it's still fucking cool. Yeah. To feel like you're sitting in a theater, it really does, because the screen is that big that you it's a it's like a mind trick, you know. You're you're convinced you're playing on like a 200 inch TV or <laughs> or or you know like a small yeah. theater screen. It's it's, it's awesome. really cool. It's it's the future, man. The future is now. Yeah, for sure. I. You know, when when you were streaming on Twitch and I messaged you, that was my, my true thought was I was just like, well, Nick picked one up, picked one up, so at least I get to play it. You yeah. know, I don't have to like sit around for two years waiting to like find one and then buy it myself. Like, well, my best friend bought one, yeah. so I can just go over to his house and yeah. then <laughs> mess with it. <laughs> so yeah. like, that was the selfish part of me that was like. <laughs> all right sweet yeah. i don't have to worry about this <laughs> <laughs> but i also told you that you will want one for yourself after and you i do it. now yeah, yeah i do it's you know maybe maybe i'll get lucky you know it's six months from now or something be able to pick one up but i do want one it's it's cool it's badass man it's badass i i was a little concerned about the asking price but after playing it, I feel like it's worth it. Wait, is it like, three ninety nine or two ninety nine? Uh, three ninety nine. Three ninety nine. Well, there's the what was it? I'm trying to remember. There are two different um, options. Really? Yeah. The uh, the one that I got, I think, was actually four ninety nine. Okay. Because the three ninety nine is just the headset. By itself, okay. And then the other one comes with the the move or the camera, and then the two move controllers, because I didn't have either of those things before. Ah. So, if you can find um, a camera and two move controllers pre-owned, which I'm sure you can, go to any GameStop and they'll probably have them. Right. You you could go for the lower price one and you know right. save yourself some money. It also allows you to do it incrementally that way. If you mm -hmm. don't feel like dropping that much all at once, you True. can buy the camera, then the next month buy two controllers, and or you don't even have to get the move controllers. You can use your um, your Dual Shock, right? But which is which is cool, and I'm sure it's. I mean, it's still an effective means, even if you use the Dual Shock. But using those move controllers is, I it really. It, it takes it to a whole other level. Yeah. It really does. I mean, uh, I, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy, man. Bottom line, it's good. Yeah, bottom line is, like, if you have doubts, shut the fuck up, because <laughs> it's awesome. I can say, because I just played it for real, and it is insane. I'm going to let, you'll have to try the, uh, the, um, the diving or the 
sea exploration. Yeah. I don't remember what it's called exactly. Ocean something. Yeah. That one's really fun, too. That's I want you to bust open that, uh, that demo disc, because there's a demo for rigs on it. Oh, is there? Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I can do that before you head out. That's what we should do. I want to play rigs. That seems to be the most appealing game on VR right now for me. But, yeah. So, aside from all that, the future is now. Future is now. What else is going on? Well, when you brought up um, the Star Wars on VR, yeah, made me think of the Rogue One trailer that we forgot to watch before we, did we started to this. Watch it. But you had said that it was very inspiring. It and, is. And very, very much uh, exists in contrast to the original trailer they released for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, third, the third and final Rogue One trailer came out, I don't know when it came out, maybe a week ago. It's probably been a minute. But uh, it's, it's just so cool to me because across these three trailers, you you almost get like a whole different story. Um, let me, I'll set the scene for you. You know, like in the first trailer, you've seen the first trailer, obviously. Yeah. It's dark. I mean, Jin is being. You know, she's not being held captive, but she's brought in by the rebels. And they're talking about how she's a mischief maker. You know, she's been arrested for this, 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 and this, and whatever. They have a mission for her. And she kind of seems like uh, almost a little, like, I don't know what the word is. But she's kind of like, oh, you have a mission for me. Ah, okay, whatever. You know, um... She's on her high horse. Yeah, yeah. She kind of seems like she's on her high horse. There's that great line where she says, this is a rebellion, isn't it? I rebel. And I'm just like, oh, man. Oh, you get it, girl. <laughs> you know? But, so, yeah, she does. She kind of seems like she's on her high horse. She is almost reluctantly helping the rebellion. But she takes the mission anyway. And then the remainder of the trailer seems very dire you know it's got that awesome repeating alarm and it's like flashes of the imperials and like there's a bunch of them and they're death troopers and it's crazy um so it just it gives you that yeah like that dark ominous feeling it feels like the empire has a stranglehold on the galaxy which at the time they did and it just it feels like they're not going to succeed you know then you get to the third trailer and they open with like Jin as a child and they establish that her father either volunteers or is forced into but he goes with the Imperials while Jin's father is the like chief designer of the Death Star. Okay. okay. They established that in the preview, so it's okay. not a spoiler. Um, so then, you know, once the Rebels bring in Jin, the whole tone of, like, her accepting the mission shifts because you have new lines of dialogue, you know, for the same scene, 
And Mon Mothma is like, you know, when was the last time you were in contact with, with your father? You know, and then she's like, he is the key component to, like, creating this massive super weapon. And Jin is just like, if he has anything to do with this, like, we have to save him. Save, not, like, kill or rescue or, like, anything, but... Or, or in prison or whatever, but to save him, you know, from what the Imperials are doing. And then, along with, like, the music, and uh, you get new dialogue from, like, other characters, like uh, Donnie Yen's character, the blind guy. Um, he's talking about how, like, hope can be restored and the rebellion will rise. And um, even... Forrest Whitaker's character, Saul Guerrera, um, is like in the first trailer, he's got all that, you know, if you continue to fight, like, what will you become? And, you know, when they catch you and all this stuff. And it's very foreboding. And then in this third trailer, he's talking about hope and inspiration and how, you know, they have one chance to pull this off and Jin has a speech about how they can do it and she believes in the rebels and they establish their Rogue One call sign and everything when they're taking off for the first time and it's just like awesome it completely shifts the tone of the movie without compromising how badass it is well that's cool though because Star Wars exists in a way that allows both of those feelings to exist um, I don't want to say at once but within the movies there are always sections where it's either one extreme or the other yeah you get parts of it where it's got that signature Star Wars hopeful feeling and then other parts just feel like there is no hope you know like it totally erases that feeling that you had before but then the hope comes back right and then the darkness comes back and it's it's a great balance between the two of them you know and it pulls it off extremely well so it's it's cool to hear that they've continued that with this movie yeah and um i was gonna ask you i don't know if um because i know he he kind of weighed in on the on episode seven has anyone asked lucas about this upcoming movie i have no idea you don't know i you know i'm I think I would consider myself a super fan of Star Wars, but even in that, I think I would be a casual super fan. I'm not just like following every tidbit of news that leaks out of, you know, the Star Wars universe. It's just like Well, I just feel like when when the stuff broke about episode 7, um especially leading up to it, I think he was pretty vocal. And after it came out... I don't out, think he's been as vocal about this. Yeah. Again, but even still, I don't really think it matters, really. Because George Lucas is such an is such a an interesting character. Because on the one hand, like, all I want to do is just thank the man for bringing this passion. I have passion for this thing that he created, you know? a lot of the world has an extreme extreme passion for this thing he's created 
And, like, on the other hand, I think he's kind of a douche, you know? Like... And it's it's a it's an now now it's an age old debate, but you know you get the that whole everybody hates him because he went back and edited the stuff, and it's like well he created it, and it's like yeah, but as soon as he released it, it's it belongs to the fans, it's no longer his, and like, but yeah, but he created it though, like it and, is his thing, and the fans they have those versions, you can yeah. watch them, yeah, they exist. You know, so it's not like he destroyed everything, uh, all traces of uh, the original theatrical releases. You can still watch them. But if he wants to go back, I mean, uh, musicians, bands, they go back all the time. You get a remastered version of an album that came out in the 70s or the 80s. Nobody gets butthurt when Metallica releases a remastered version of whatever. No, it's like, here, this will sound better. It's like, well, I don't like the way it sounded before. Okay, well, I'll listen to that version yeah, if you want you to. Yeah, you already own it. Yeah, and don't buy the new one if you yeah. don't want to. I don't know. So, but but even still, like, I don't know. You can maybe it has something to do with like, I don't know, people feeling like the uh, the remastered versions are now the canon versions. Because I know people get caught up in that. You know, people get caught up in what's canon and what's not. So, yeah. like, if you feel as though the god of that universe, so to speak, has come out and said, "Well, what you thought was real is actually just kind of like the side piece now," and here's the real version. But honestly, though, all of the enhancements and all of the edits and stuff—the <laughs> only edit that I really have a fucking problem with—is them splicing in Hayden Christensen at the end of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Silly. That's the only that one that doesn't make any sense. It to doesn't. Me. Like, why would he grow up <laughs> and then die and go back to being Hayden Christensen? Yeah, that's the only one though. Like, other than that, all it is is just added computer enhancements. Do you care about who shot first? No, no, I don't. Well, part you know. I grew up with the enhanced version, so in that version, Greedo shoots first and fucking misses, like, completely, you know? So I always thought that Greedo shot first. I grew up and realized that it was edited, and in the original, Han shoots first. Fine. Who cares? Like, it's just, watch, just watch it. Which is exactly what Harrison Ford said. Yeah, like who uh, fucking cares who shot first? He did a an AMA on Reddit last year, and someone asked him that question: "Who shot first? And his response was literally, "Who cares?" <laughs> that was it. I, you know, I understand, and I think, but I think that it's such a simple thing, but for fans, for super fans, um, they blow just that one scene up into like if Han doesn't shoot first it jeopardizes who he is as a character because he's a rebel and he's a low life scum and he's a smuggler and like it makes more sense for him to shoot first and ask questions later so waiting for Greedo to shoot and miss across a table and then blowing him away is like him being a pussy because he doesn't want to he won't kill him he's going to try to talk him down that's not what Han Solo is about, like, and it's just like okay, but 
in the grand scheme of things, it's like a .3 second clip of a blaster bullet hitting next to his head and then him shooting. So, like, while I understand and acknowledge that in the original version, Han shoots first, I don't, I don't care. In the scheme of the Star Wars universe, it doesn't make that yeah. much of a difference. There's so much more you can com- you can complain about, like the fact that they got rid of the expanded universe when they when Lucas sold. Yeah. To Disney, so what? They got rid of it. I mean, it sucks for me. It sucks, but ultimately, they're bringing back my favorite character, so it really doesn't matter that much. Nick had to go. Say hi to his son. He's being a butt. A little bit of a butt. Jesse, if you hear this, Lazarus is being a butt right now. But, you know, there's, there's I feel like I'm ranting a lot on this uh, on this episode of the Supercast. Don't you think I'm ranting a lot on this episode? Are you ranting? A little bit. Um... Well, it's not ranting in a bad way, just like, okay, I'm monologuing a lot on this episode. You've had a lot to say. I do have a lot to say, I guess. We covered two things that, you know, we covered Star Wars, you're obviously big on that. Yeah. And your first experience with PlayStation VR, That's so. That's true. I also wanted to bring up, though, real quick, uh, Lindsay and I watched this movie last night, The Neon Demon, you heard of it? You told me about it recently. Yeah, well, I purchased it recently, and we finally got around to watching it last night. Good. We excellent. It was super awesome. Maybe yeah. a future super scary. Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. It's a Nicholas Winding Refn movie, uh, Drive. Only got. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Valhalla Rising. Mm-hmm. It's his like fourth movie or whatever. Okay. Neon Demon. It's uh, fantastic. Did you see Starry Eyes? No. It's it's like it's really cool because in my opinion Neon Demon is sort of the art house version of Starry Eyes. Like any other director that was making a uh movie with this premise would have um would have made Starry Eyes. But any director, or anyone but Nicholas Winding Refn, if he was going to make this movie, he would have made Neon Demon. It's movie excellent. Nick had to leave again. Can you believe it? He's just walking out while I'm just talking, you know? Jesse, seriously, Lazarus is being a bit of a butt. He just knocked on the door. He ran out of his room and knocked on the door. Can't believe it. What else can we talk about? I'm going to have to rehash what I said about the Neon Demon when Nick gets back. Speaking of peripherals, hear that? It's a Nintendo Zapper. Some, that's a peripheral right there. This one never died. Nope. Nope. Never. It's always been cool. It has. Still cool. Still works. Yeah. It's always been rad. Pretty cool that that worked to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> For the time it came out. Yeah. It looks like the ray guns in the My Chemical Romance uh, K-1 
Killjoy's videos. Maybe that's... They probably, they... like, modified one yeah. of these. I bet you. It could be. Did you I hear... Oh. What? I was going to say, did you hear what I was saying about Neon Demon? No. I said I was going to have to rehash it. Oh, okay. But the, the premise of Starry Eyes and Neon Demon is basically the same. It, it's just cool because, like, any other director would have made Starry Eyes, but when you consider Refn's other work, like, he would have made... He made Neon Demon, and, like, it fits for his style. It's so cool to see kind of the same thing unfold, but from, like... I don't want to call Starry Eyes, like, typical horror, because it is a good movie, but how you can portray the same concept with a very straightforward style and a very art house uh, representative style. And uh, it was really enjoyable and really cool, and we will have to do Super Scary on it because not the most horrific movie, but it's, you know... Very, um, it follows and the witch with just tension and tension and tension and amazing imagery and that kind of thing. You know what I mean? We had uh, Kyle requested that uh, that we do a double feature. Yeah. On Troll and Troll Two. No, <laughs> it's uh, the burning. Yes. And. Movie called I think Madman. I have them both. Do you? I own both of those. He said he thought that would be a good double feature. Too. That'd be a good one. Yeah, The Burning is better than Madman in my opinion. Yeah. Look at Kyle. <laughs> that the fact that he that those were the two he picked for a double feature, and the fact that I own both of them makes me feel like I'm on the same level as Kyle. <laughs> And I kind of always assumed he was, like, a little bit higher than me uh-huh. in the horror, like, fandom. Yeah. But now I feel like we're, we're right neck there. and neck. Yeah. If, just, those, if those are the two he recommends. You um, you had your, your street cred confirmed? Yes. Okay. Exactly. If I, yeah, my, my horror street cred has been confirmed by somebody I look up to. I've never really, really sat down and had a good horror conversation with Kyle. You'd have, I think you'd have a good time. We have a lot to talk about, I bet. We'll have to have him on sometime. Absolutely. We should have him, if he, we should have him on for his double feature suggestion. We could do that. We can bring him on for Super Scary. Yeah. That'd be cool. And speaking of Super Scary, I wanted to mention on this show, um, how good I thought our shows last week were. Yeah. All across the board. Yeah. It was a I, I really fun podcast, really fun, uh, super scary, and uh, had a good time on Fanatics making our origin story yeah. for a new character. Our character is hero number two in uh, yeah. Pink Pearl. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't dawn on me, and I don't think it matters, but why couldn't Pink Pearl have been a woman? Like, it would have made a little bit more sense if it was a female administrator, a dean. Yeah, I guess, I mean, yeah, there's still time. 
You can change it. I think Pearl's a girl, not a guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Mrs. Pearl. Mrs. Pearl. Yeah. Or would it be Miss Pearl and then there's sexual tension between her and hero number two? Mm. Yeah. Even though she hates him. She hates him, but she wants him. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. All right. So Miss Pearl. And she's the pink pearl. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If anybody watched Super Fanatics, let us know. Mm-hmm. Because it was good, but it is definitely... That's our humor. Yeah. That's us. Editing both of the movies for Super Scary was... Uh, it wasn't really... Um, I don't know. It didn't take much more time than normal, but... I don't know. I feel like uh, it's becoming easier to put those together. Well, I would think so, yeah. get into a rhythm, you know. And I mean, it's like, well, I mean, every episode you are, I think every episode you're improving with your editing. You've got, you know, one of the things we talked about was making sure that we splice in quotes whenever we want to do quotes, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I was very impressed with your quick cut of Ernest saying the douche of dust. Oh, yeah. Like, it was very well done, Yeah, I thought. Thank you. Um, I like... Oh, I was going to say, I I was glad that you mentioned the part um, in Killer Clowns showing the the parade scene Yeah, and leaving that music in. Yes. With us talking over top of it, it worked out really well. I really enjoyed that, too. That was another thing that I felt like was a next step you know, for you in the editing was that we were able to voice over that scene, but you still, you were able to hear us and make out what we were saying and like absorb the information, but also get the weight of what we were talking about and get the feeling and get to experience it. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was really cool too. I enjoyed that scene a lot and I was glad that you let it run for as long as it did. Yeah. That was, that was cool. Yeah. I think it's important to show a few scenes that go on a little bit longer than most of the clips. That way, you know, the people who are watching who maybe haven't seen the movies before can get an idea of what it's like to be sitting there and enjoying the thing at length. Right. You know, just a small little piece of it. So, that's that's Uh, fun. I loved that you clipped in Mooney saying son of a bitch at the end of that just looking at the guy I knew I had to put that in there because the guy doesn't even do anything to him yeah he's like crossing the street with his groceries and just pisses him off for some reason son of a bitch (laughs) so good Uh, that was a good episode yeah I'm I'm excited to do um, more double features in the future we should just tell Kyle now maybe next next double feature we can do yeah burning and madman and I had, um, I, maybe we can we can hash it out here. Yeah. I had an idea for um, for the next episode of uh, Super Fanatics. Oh yeah. So we had talked about last week after the Origins episode. Even though we did have fun, we felt like um, Super Scary has has gradually been. Uh, I don't know establishing a very solid identity. Yeah. And it's moving in a particular direction and it's getting better and better each week. Yeah. And uh Super Fanatics, we've had a little bit tougher time figuring out exactly what we want to do with it. 
you know. Um, it's kind of like a TV show trying to find its stride. Yeah, yeah. But so, but Super Fanatics is, or I'm sorry, Super Scary is like a TV show that was just like, yeah, right, right off the bat was yeah. awesome. So with Fanatics, the idea is to focus on one thing, like one particular graphic novel right. or one issue in particular, maybe a really iconic issue of something right. or a couple issues that an arc an arc so yeah you, so they say um so i had an idea for a book to focus on this week okay that i have not read yet oh so it could be a a new one for both of us yeah so i'll let you uh just look at that and see what you think you can nick has given me a copy of batman digital justice it's computer generated and it's by Pepe Moreno. <laughs> I found this at uh, uh, Second and Charles. Second and Charles, and I'd never heard of it before, but I just looked at it and I was like, "This seems interesting. I'm going to give it a shot." So this whole comic is computer generated, Isn't and I it? think I think it takes place like inside In of computer. a computer. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So Batman, like, goes into the Matrix, if you will. Uh, and it's, like, early 90s computer-generated graphics. It's very bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to say, right here on the inside cover, or the, you know, the inside of the, uh, what do you call this, the slip cover or whatever, yeah. it says... Digital, digital justice will be compared to such dystopian visions as 1984, Brave New World, and Blade Runner. Well, I've never heard it compared to any of those. Never because once. I've never heard it compared to anything. Yeah. So, because, um, uh, it's... I wish, you know, this is... I, I love the Supercast, but sometimes I wish, you guys, this was on video. Because you have to see this art it's just like it's god awful I mean I can't even think of like but we can show it on Super Fanatics we'll show it on Super Fanatics this that that right there is just glorious yeah that is amazing so I like that all of the machines are like 3D rendered and then all of the people look like um Super Nintendo cutscene characters. Yeah. Yep. That's the comparison I wanted to make. It looks like the still frame cutscenes. Like kind of blurry. Yeah, they're a li- they're pixelated. Not, they're slightly. not pixelated, but they are. Yeah. It's just like it's very well done pixelation. Mm-hmm. So you get round edges and things. But it's still, yeah, it's Super Nintendo cutscene graphics. Or like in like in Final Fantasy, when the characters are up close to the screen talking to each other, and they're, right. they're really highly detailed. That's, yeah. Look at that half-boob shirt, though. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Under-boob? Yeah, that's some, some, some nice under-boob. You know, Lindsay and I the other day were talking about how we... Um, we prefer side boob to under boob. Like under boob is like the new thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about it because we watched 
a live performance of the Chainsmokers song. I don't. You're not going to know what I'm talking about. Um, but the Chainsmokers are like this digital duo, you know, and they have a song with this chick whose name I cannot remember for the life of me. But they had some performance on the MTV Music Awards, and everybody was just like, oh my god, they're like, they have so much chemistry, and this song is so good, <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. And, like, we watched the performance, and it's just fucking god-awful. They look like they hate each other, first of all. The dude is, like, can't sing for shit at all. And neither can she, really. And they're, like, trying... He's, like, trying to grind on her, and she's, like, pushing him away and stuff, whatever. But anyways, the point is, she's wearing this shirt that is the same as the chick in this comic. It's an underboob shirt. And, uh... We were saying that underboob just, like, automatically labels you as a slut. You're just a big old slut if you wear an underboob shirt. But... The side boob, the elegant side boob, is is cool. It's fine. Under boob is, um, it doesn't seem very practical to me. I can't imagine no. it happening and you not wanting it to be displayed on purpose. You can't raise not your like, arms. Yeah. I mean, you, you can. Not, you can. You can show off your boobs if you want, whatever. I'm just saying. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Like, We're not saying you can't. I'm just saying that the uh, if you see under boob... It's not going to be on accident, you know? Right, you know so you have like, to purposely plan yeah, for that to be underboob. You have to measure it out just so. Yeah, yeah. But it just makes you, you know what, ladies, the the whole, if you want to go out in public with your underboob showing, like, I mean, you do, you do you, but it makes you look long and saggy. It just does. I mean, and this chick... I can't can't remember her name. But she was wearing, like, high-waisted pants, too. So it was, like, this weird, like, she looked crunched down, you know, almost. Like, it was just, it was terrible. Like, why? What are you doing? No good. You're, it's... Natalie Portman in Hotel Chevalier has excellent side boobs. (laughs) Excellent. Oh yeah. If you've never seen it, I've not seen Hotel it's, Chevalier. It's like a it's a short film. Uh huh. Um, and it's on the it's on the disc uh, for God damn it. Um, which movie was it? Uh, Wes Anderson movie. Moonrise um, Kingdom. Hmm. Grand Budapest Hotel. No, it was before that. Was it Rushmore? Uh, no, 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 no. I can't. I don't. That's. I think those are the. Wait, Bottle Rocket? No. It's the one that she's in that you haven't said yet. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> I think there's only one that we haven't named, and I can't. Like, I can picture the DVD cover. What is it? What's the DVD cover? It's it's the three of them. Royal Tenant Bombs. No. No. They're brothers, I believe. Darjeeling Limited. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. I fucking love what's that movie name. <laughs> if you had said Owen Wilson and Adrian Brody, aren't they both in it? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's what I said. The three of them. They're, they're brothers. Well, yeah, yeah. The three of them. Who's that's the third one? Um, 
Jason, uh, not not Bateman. Um, the guy, he used to be in Phantom Planet. Uh, he was the drummer. Um, Schwartzman. Jason, Jason Schwartzman. Okay. Yeah. Darjeeling Limited. Yeah. Okay. And he is in the short film that I was talking about. Okay. Hotel Chevalier with, with Natalie Portman. Yes. Got it. And she has excellent side movement. Yes. Okay. And it has a great song that plays that I actually have the vinyl of. Uh, that good, huh? Yeah. That's cool. Peter Sarstedt's, uh Where Do You Go To, My Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to check that out. You know, I've never watched a Wes Anderson film. You haven't? Nope, never once. Mm. Oh, like he Wes also Anderson. did Fantastic Mr. Fox, right? Yeah, I never saw that one. Yeah, so that's... I can I can name him. Yeah. I've never seen him, though. Life Aquatic is my favorite. Yeah. He's done. Yeah. That's a really cool movie. I feel like I would like his films. I just have never committed to watching them. They're, they're weird and yeah. quirky and... Well, you know, yeah. I mean, that's a little hipstery. That's the yeah, yeah. hipster definitely. Yeah, you got to be a hipster to like Wes Anderson. I think. So, what do you think? Yeah, we can do Batman Digital Justice. Batman Digital God, we're Justice. We're just gonna fucking shit on it the whole time, probably. What if it turns out to be really good? It probably won't. It's really well written. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Uh, oh my God! Look at him. Look at Mr. Pepe Moreno right there. I bet you that's him. He looks kind of like Tim Burton. He does. He does kind of look like Tim Burton. Yeah. Man, yeah. the font, too. Oh, the, the, the Joker. The pictures on the back, you know what the art reminds me of? Remember those books where you have to let your eyes go crossed and yeah and you have to like see start the, really yeah, close see and the pull, picture. yeah you know what it reminds me of what that show reboot that used to be on that Cartoon too. network yeah reboot man the uh the one villain in reboot um not virus what was his name it was like a stupid computer pun was it mega virus no i don't know I remember Reboot, but I was never, like, a big fan of it. Oh. Do you remember the, the, the villain? He was, like, muscly and black. He probably made, looked like he was made out of metal, and he had, like, a jaw. And then a... Oh, man. Yeah, I can picture... Yeah, it's, like, it's gonna about. kill me. I have to look it up, because it's gonna kill me. Hold on, check out this chick. Hold on, let me see this chick. Oh, man! Oh, man. It's like her underwear, like, isn't... It, it's not even attached. It doesn't go all the way around. She's just wearing, like, pasties. And then also, like, this weird, you know... Just, like, imagine a bikini without the straps on the side. Yeah. Man. That's... That's disturbing. That Maybe we should do our next album art in this style. Oh, God. <laughs> that would just be worth it that'd be worth it really there he is what's his name megabyte megabyte told you some stupid computer pun look at him yep that's him right he there. looks kind of like one of the killer clowns kind of there's a better picture yep yep i can picture him 
And he just like that. That was him. That's what he looked like. Who is this person? Hexadecimal. Oh boy. Stupid. Reboot was stupid. Not good. The only episode of Reboot that was worth a damn, which for those of you that don't know, because you might, you probably don't know, Reboot was this show that was like around in the 90s and it was like all computer generated. It was like one of the first probably computer generated cartoons. And it took place inside a computer. So all of these people were like, I don't know, it's like the Matrix or whatever. But anytime somebody would go to play a video game on the computer, it would like, this square would like come down from the sky and the main heroes would have to run, I don't know why, and get underneath the square before it touched the ground and then they became the characters in the game. Well, the only episode that was worth a damn was when they uh, were playing a game and the main character was Ash from Evil Dead. Hmm. There was He had like a boomstick and it was a zombie theme and he had to run through and I think he had a chainsaw for a hand. That's pretty cool. Like... There, but before I watched Evil Dead, I remember seeing that episode, not knowing what the reference was, and then, of course, becoming when I became a horror fan, a budding horror fan. Evil Dead was an early film that I watched, and uh, immediately made that connection. Mm. Good trivia. Yeah, I would bring back reboot though. I would do it. I'd watch it. Well, um. I suppose that's about it for this week, and uh, yeah, um, make sure that you guys check out our shows coming up. We got uh, a good one coming. A good, I think it's gonna be a good super scary on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. We we'll, we're we'll not gonna watch. don't spoil the movie because I didn't post it on Instagram. Okay. I posted yeah. a scene and okay. asked people to guess. Oh, okay. All right. So we won't spoil it, but. We have spoiled Batman Digital Justice for uh, Super Fanatics. And, uh, yeah. So, stick around for a little outro, and we'll, uh, we'll see you guys soon. Yep. Have a good night. Bye-bye. Nick's Pokemon cards. You did? Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Looking through them right now. You have a bunch of Japanese cards, and I have no idea what these characters are at all. Those are... Um, you're holding the reject pile. Oh, yeah? In fact. I have, um, I have one of those... What do you call them? Binders? The binders. I have a binder down there full of the original set. Ah. So... Those are kind of ones that, uh, it's the riffraff. Doubles or ones that didn't really fit in with uh, the sets that I was trying to collect. Oh, yeah. Like yeah. this Farfetch'd? Yeah. I love Farfetch'd, I'm not going to lie. You love Farfetch'd? Yeah, why not? He's, like, he's just so weird. <laughs> so weird. He never gets an evolution. He's just one shot. It's a one shot Pokemon from Gen 1, and it's a fucking bird holding a vegetable. Like, it's, you know, he's awesome. How do you feel about Porygon? 
Not as cool as Farfetch'd. Yeah. I have a soft spot in my heart for Dratini. Do you? Yeah, for some reason. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Hope you enjoyed the show. Yep. Um, <clears throat> this Friday, uh, we got a new episode of Super Fanatics where we're going to be talking about Batman Digital Justice, as you just heard. Yep. And, and then uh, Saturday... We're having, it wasn't sort, of, it wasn't really officially announced, but we're having a super secret, super scary episode. So uh, if you want to head over to our Instagram, where we are at Super Divorce Band, you can check out our most recent post and try to guess what the movie for this week's super scary episode is, because I posted a screenshot. And check us out on Twitter at Super Divorce, Snapchat Super Divorce and facebook.com slash superdivorce also you can email us at our personal band email account which is divorceclub at superdivorceme.com now if you do that you will get a response from us for your eyes only I mean you can comment on our Facebook or our Instagram or send us tweets or snapchats or whatever the fuck but if you want to ask us anything and get a response just for you, hit us up. Email us. Yeah. We're here for you, man. We'll write you back ASAP. Yeah, probably. And then you can print that response out and you can frame it or... For when we're famous. Or delete it if you decide that it was a mistake. Whatever you want to do. Yeah. Get in touch. We're here for you. Get in touch with us. And uh, we'll get in touch with you right back. But we won't touch you without your consent. That's right. And even with your consent, only touch you in... Um, Appropriate places. Yeah, platonic like, touching. Yeah, like your hand or the back of your shoulder blade when we give you a hug. I'm a married man. And I'm a taken man. And uh, I'm not going down that road with you. So taken aback by all this booty. (laughs) (laughs) So be respectful. And um, tune in next week for another episode of the Super Divorce Supercast. And also tune in later this week to YouTube for Super Fanatics and Super Scary. And maybe some more of those dogs barking. Yeah, fuck those dogs. We'll see you on episode... 33 next week. Bye, everybody. Bye. Super divorce. <laughs>